previously on the Loyal Littles podcast. It didn't look like a brain, you know, but mm-hmm. the testicles is very clearly like a set of balls. Yeah. Like, so do you cut them or do you just eat the whole thing? Well, they're not that big. So, I mean, it could go either way. I didn't really want to commit to an entire testicle. So <laughs> I like took a little piece off of it. Welcome back to the Loyal Littles Podcast. On the WTFC Podcast Network. It's just you and me, Roxy. Oh, yeah. Flying solo. That's just so we don't lose Sully. He said three tiny chucks in a row and he's out. I don't know. I think he'd be okay with that, though, because it gives him more stuff to complain and bitch about. Right. 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 It gives him more content. So maybe it's a good thing. Yeah. Having tiny chucks. All right. Maybe we'll call him for part four. Just kidding. (laughs) Welcome, all you loyal listeners. We have a great, huge, jam-packed show today. This is nuts. There's I mean, a lot. My legal pad was two pages at least. That's more than your TV shows. Yeah, that's many, many more than my TV shows, which those are coming up. We're not even getting into that today. No. So let's not even get <laughs> started not. there. Um, well, maybe. We might touch upon one, but I don't think we're going to have time for that. We did want to open the show today. We hate doing it on a somber note, but we did not want to go without recognizing today is 9-11. And obviously, it's a somber day for many, many, many people. We just thought we would touch upon it. Roxy, where were you? Do you remember? Yeah, I was in the stairwell. One of the stairwells, I remember exactly what it was of my middle school. I was in seventh grade walking upstairs to head to my Spanish class when one of the kids in the hall with me were walking together and he said, did you hear about the Twin Towers? And then from there, just within hours, I got like the biggest education on what this was and then what happened and the fear. And we had kids were talking in the lunchroom, like the smoke is and the fire is going to travel all the way to Connecticut and we're all going to die. Like it was terrifying. And of course, like, you know, the adults were terrified and kids were getting pulled out of school left and right. I was not pulled out and I had some beef with my parents on that but like ultimately they made the right decision of just letting me like go through the day and I mean they didn't know what was happening either nobody knew and it was I think they knew you weren't in harm yeah that's what they said you know everyone was okay in our family thank goodness but yeah I mean it was the scariest time now I'm sure you've told me that at some point in our relationship Mm -hmm. but I did not realize how much I'm about to date myself we had almost the identical experience when the challenger blew up. Oh, yeah. I was in seventh grade. I never put that together. Wow. I was on a break in between classes and we were out. We were at the drinking fountain and one of my friends from another class, because that's where you kind of like hobnobbed in between classes, Mm -hmm. said, did you hear about the challenger? And I'm like, what are you talking about? I had no idea. Well, I knew what it was, but I just didn't know that Mm -hmm. anything had happened. Then during our next class, the principal came in because he was going from classroom to classroom to tell us everything that happened. And this is going to sound how silly I, I feel stupid saying this, but even in seventh grade, I thought, oh my gosh, is that our, our parts going to start falling on us? Yeah. You know, from the sky. Now, the hello. imaginations of kids, like, it's, yeah. an, it's, now, an, mind you, it blew yeah. up in Florida and we're in New York. So obviously, but I didn't know. Yeah, you, you don't know. know. And, uh, you don't I, know. I was worried for mm-hmm. like two minutes and then, mm-hmm. of course, smarter had, people <laughs> prevailed and kind of like talked had, me down. I was really concerned. I had dance teachers who are, were professional dancers here in New York City and I was terrified for them and their lives. Yeah. It was, yep. yeah. I was in Houghton, Michigan on 9-11. Mm-hmm. I cannot believe this is 20 years ago. Yeah. This is absolutely, yeah. where did the time go? But yeah, Houghton, Michigan, which for those of you that don't know, I know uh, our Midwesterns, you know, just perked up because you can't, it's Houghton, Michigan. You can't get there through Michigan, which is the kind of funny what? joke. Yeah. You have to go up around through Wisconsin Why? to get there because it's, uh, it's hard to explain. Well, you could get there via, with a boat. Clearly, I've never been there. Yeah, you could get there with a, you'd have to take a boat okay. from the main part of Michigan. Gotcha. And it's also, I believe, uh, Littles, correct me if I'm wrong, it is the only part of Michigan that is in central time zone. Hmm. Uh, a lot of people don't realize that, that there is part of Michigan in central time zone because wow. most people just think it's Eastern. And I got woken up by a phone call. It was kind of crazy from someone in New York City that just said, I'm fine. Don't worry about me. Oh Turn gosh. on the news. Oh my gosh. And it was crazy. I was just like, whoa, what's going on because I was still sleeping because yep. we were in tech yep. for the National Tour of Titanic and we actually thought we were going to lose our jobs 
immediately because we hadn't even started the tour yet. And of course, there was all this buzz about, well, no one's going to want to come see a uh, national tra- right. tragedy on stage when we're living through this right. uh, national tragedy. So luckily, uh, that didn't happen. The tour continued, but it was yeah, obviously scary times. But uh, we did just want to take a quick yeah. brief to acknowledge it. And thoughts are with everyone who lost or knows someone who lost someone or a loved one on that day. Yeah. So anyway, Roxy, why don't we get to our cleanup? Oh, boy. Is there a lot you this know, episode? It, yes. <laughs> but that's okay. But actually, speaking of cleanup, uh-huh. why don't we get to our toilet paper challenge winners? Hey. And yes, we said winners. Yeah. It's uh, hard to choose. We, but. we had a tough time here, Littles. And some very clever ones. And we'll post uh, the pictures if we get a chance later on today of the winners. But I mean, first of all, and not to go silly seventh grade silly but i mean can we really have a toilet paper challenge without ed butt as one of the winners i mean come on can't. i mean come on i mean it just <laughs> and, makes sense <laughs> and he was very clever uh in his picture uh balancing i forget what his total was but they were all you know pre-packaged and everything yep. this Costco's. was the hard part <laughs> this was the hard part people got clever but then people just went straight up and tried to top my what did i have four or five i don't four, remember four so that was neat and then the other one one of our favorites was our good friend tatake mm-hmm. and he did a, a very similar so his and ed's were very similar yeah. so that's why we went i don't know which one exactly had more in the package and all that stuff but we're going to do two winners because like we said we ed butt has to be one of the winners and so they were so similar that we've decided to go co-champions of our toilet paper challenge so congratulations you two be on the lookout we'll send you some prizes and we just want to thank everyone for participating it was really fun and we we really appreciate you putting up with us sometimes that's all in our shenanigans yeah (laughs) so but now getting back to our last show roxy what did we have for a cleanup though oh this is from bobby godfried He says, did Chuck say he saw Song of the South when it first came out? How old is he? The movie came out in 1946. Okay. So now before. That's great. uh, We also had another text. Uh Now Roxy knows about this one, but it says, just listen to your latest podcast and want you to know that Disney Song of the South came out in 1946. So almost 30 years before you were born, Chuck. (laughs) So you and your mom probably saw a re-release. So I cracked up when you said you were dating yourself. Roxy didn't marry that old, did she? And that's from mom. Actually, my mom. That's my yes. <laughs> so I obviously goofed. Uh, I'm not that old, thank goodness. No. Yes. So I guess it was a re-release. I didn't know. It was my first time. I remember being going to the big screen yeah. with my mom though as a kid. So mm-hmm. of course I thought, oh, that's when the movie came out. So thank you for that correction. And Bobby also said Roxy did fine with the hockey in that Bobby Orr is one of the greatest to ever play. That said, plus minus is not a great stat to judge people by. Larry Robinson, who was a great player, but I wouldn't have him on Mount Rushmore. Listen, Bobby, I was given some stats and I just spit them all out. You're going to have to take that one up with her dad so. and brother, I think, because she had, <laughs> she had nothing to do with that. I mean, let's be honest here. Uh, and we heard him from Lee Gordon. Yes, his voiceover as right. Santa Claus. Sorry, kids, plug your ears. Now, Roxy, the kids know that Santa has helpers. So That's true. It's okay. Mm-hmm. All right. It's so okay. What it's do you right. say? He said, I said that I usually record my first Santa bits in October. It turns out I'm actually doing my first session in September, but they don't actually start playing until the day after Thanksgiving. But I think they may play the Christmas music year round just without Santa's commentary. In case Roxy is jonesing for some holiday tunes, North Pole Radio is on iHeartRadio. Ah, so it's iHeart. Yeah. Pretty, do you have to subscribe for that? Or is that just a thing? That actually might be on Sirius. It might be on Pandora. You might uh, be able to get it. Well, we'll definitely have to look that up, though, because I yeah. definitely want to hear his voiceovers. That. And then, of course, we heard from our good friend, Sully from Boston. And he, all caps, writes in, I wasn't suckered in. This is pertaining to the Red Sox being good this year. He writes, oh, Lord, I'm not Roxy's granddad bad, but I give them at least <laughs> three to four games before I get there. <laughs> So that's good on you, Sully. That's at least, great. At least give them three or four games yep. before you start <laughs> giving up and how bad they are. <laughs> now, it's always a good day when you hear from Cool Aunt Claire, right? Always. So she wrote in referring to Steve Osbolt's proclamation about sharing birthdays. She writes in, Steve Osbolt, Jason Bateman, David Grohl, and LL Cool J all had parents that celebrated getting a tax refund. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> and I never even did that. I didn't get that at first. And then I had to think about it and do the math. And I was like, oh, uh, she's got a point. So, that's uh, awesome. Okay. And now we have to get into some things. Now, we do our homework here at most the Most of the time. Most of the time. <laughs> but we have another one from Bobby. Bobby had a lot of corrections and thoughts this week, which yeah. we always love. Mm -hmm. And so it was about Bull Durham, right? Yeah. Okay. He said, Chuck didn't know there was an old Bulls ballpark in Durham. Have you seen Bull Durham? They still play a few games there every year, or at least they did when I lived there a decade ago. Okay, so maybe, well, I don't know if Ash could even confirm that because he's not there anymore. Um, we'll come back to that in a second. <laughs> we also heard from Brian Becker, spelled B-E-C-H-E-R, mm -hmm. and he wrote a couple of points. Roxy, one, masshole is my favorite new word that I learned once I moved to New Hampshire. Isn't it great? <laughs> <laughs> my neighborhood is becoming full of transplanted massholes. Oh. And then he wrote B... <laughs> Thank you, Brian. Oh, the book that Ash refers to was a collection of works from Louis Gluck. Oh, and then he wrote three, Roman numeral three. Oh my gosh. What are you doing to me, man? The ice cream discussion was spot on. Now he's referring to the poems that were read yeah. at the Boston Summer of Littles uh -huh. 3.1 event. And might have, if you stuck around long enough, you might have had a little Easter egg in our last episode. If you listened to the very end, you might have had a little treat. Just saying, you might want to go back because we do those from time to time. Uh -huh. I don't think, Ro Roxy, I don't know how many people know that. I don't know. Yeah, we'll throw in a little Easter egg here and there in the Loyal Littles podcast for the really hardcore loyal listeners. And then we get to Ed Butt. Now, we had a few quick emails from him. So why don't mm -hmm. you go first? All right. The first one. Chuck, why do these weak little schools play the powerhouses? What's the answer to all of your questions? Money. <laughs> yep. I get it. Yep. Appalachian State can make more money getting the crap kicked out of it by Michigan in front of 110,000 people in the big house than it makes in all the rest of the season. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I know. I know. I, I knew the answer. I just, it just annoys me. I don't understand. Well, I, you do understand. I do understand it. it you just, just don't like me. it. Yeah, I just don't like yeah. it. Yeah. He also wrote in for a great example of a younger Walter Matthau in a movie, check out The Guide for the Married Man. In it, Robert Morris is teaching Walter how to successfully cheat on his wife. He does so by relating a series of examples which turn into vignettes with cameos by an amazing array of people. They are all hysterically funny. It is worth digging out of a copy of this old gem. Hmm. So that we might have to do because we didn't do that portion of the homework. However, yeah. <laughs> we then heard from John Miller. Hi, Roxy and Chuck. During the 84 podcasts, you have mentioned many different Broadway shows. But I've never heard you mention anything about one of the most fabulous shows on Broadway, Oh, Calcutta. Why is that? I saw it back in 1977 in Syracuse, New York. John. All right. Okay. Now, maybe we should back up. Ro Roxy, can you read the final of the part of the Bobby Gottfried Bull Durham? So start that one again, because I said we'd come back to this. Chuck didn't know there was an old Bulls ballpark in Durham. Have you seen Bull Durham? I had not. Yeah. Me neither. I, full disclosure, I know I'm probably going to get raked over the coals for that now. But we, we however, rectified that. We rectified it. Okay. So now we're going to address both of these together. We had movie night the other night. We did. I had the night off, <laughs> one of my very few nights off, and we did a double feature of Old Calcutta. Sort of. Sort of. Roxy couldn't get through the whole thing. Uh, I watched about five or six skits. And yeah, then I was like, um, are we at really still watching this? Yeah. <laughs> um, I had seen it before because I had to watch it for a class. Actually, I took mm. in college. Mm -hmm. Yeah, just not your cup of tea, really, right? No, I mean, I think the concept is interesting. I just, I don't know, some of the skits, I don't think they... Um, well, we talk about I don't deep. Think, I don't think they aged well. Yeah, well, of course not. Right? Um, yeah, I, we were talking about that watching this. Like, I wonder how the I'm union like, would handle this yeah, nowadays. Yeah. Like, even just the rehearsal process of some of these things. Yeah. For those littles that don't know, it's a very mature audience only type show. Mm -hmm. uh, lots of nudity, lots mm -hmm. of sexual innuendos Which and non-sexual innuendos. They actually like go through the motions and it's... Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, and I'm not saying I'm not okay with that. I mean, that's right. that has a place, but I just didn't really care for the writing. Oh, really? I, I See, think. I, I thought it, it was, was clever. It was it's less... Clever. Well, there were a couple skits. I'm like, that... I don't know. Just as a woman. Yeah. Well, of course. Yeah. I don't know. I was just like, I don't like this. Yeah. Uh, this feels weird. But, you know, I, I think the concept was clever. Yeah. I will give it that. So let's get on to Bull Durham now. <laughs> yes. Me being the baseball fan I am. No, I had never seen it. I just never got around to it, I guess. Mm -hmm. And love Susan Sarandon. Love Kevin Costner. 
The cast is great. Yeah. I just... You, you weren't... It, I didn't love it. Yeah. Like, I don't think it's better than Feel the Dreams. I don't think it's better than even Major League. I know I'm stretching on that one, but I don't know. I just... Anyway, I, I enjoyed it. Yeah, I thought, no, oh, I enjoyed it. I'm yeah. not saying I'm not saying it's a bad movie. I mean, Sandlot is better. But yeah, and you even said Sandlot. <laughs> that's another one that you were like, people oh. people might come at me for that, but that's well, okay. No, I mean, that's I guess it's a generational thing too. I don't know. I just never honestly. I would put it up there with like for the love of the game mm-hmm. and those mm-hmm. kind of because again, it's Kevin Costner. But I don't know. I yeah, just, he really liked all those. Yeah. He banked on those baseball movies. <laughs> sure did. Good so. for him. It was good. So I'm glad. It was good. I'm glad I got to come clean on that. So that that's good. I feel better now because <laughs> you I can know, sleep now. I know a lot of people, you know, are going to come at me for that because I I can't believe I'd never seen that. Yeah. There's one or two other ones that I haven't seen, but we'll keep those to ourselves for right now. I don't even think I know that. Yeah, yeah. There's a couple they, very famous. They're probably ones that I've never movies. seen either. Yeah, so. probably not. So. Roxy, let's get out of here. But before we do, football is back. Yes. Are you excited? So excited. I mean, how's that number one draft pick looking now, Roxy? Treating me so well. <laughs> the bad news for you, Roxy, is you probably could have got the same pick in the fourth round. I don't care. I didn't want a chance because I broadcasted all over this podcast. I don't know what I was thinking that I wanted to pick him. So I was afraid that somebody was going to be devious and pick him before I could. So I'm like, he's got to be my first pick. I know. And so. I, I'm kind of very angry at myself. I'm not mad at Roxy. I want to make sure I put that out there. Don't mad at me. I feel bad. Well, I was helping her so much. I did not even realize I had two people going on opening night, <laughs> yeah. which one of which I would have definitely not played. And yeah. so I'm a little angry. I had the Tampa Bay defense, which that was tragic. I definitely would have changed that. I've already rectified it. Well, now, you know, just let me fend for myself. <laughs> no, because I want to help you. And I, I mean, it was fun. No, I and know. I was so nice to we, we had to tweak her roster a little bit because yeah. she had to auto draft. Yeah. So she didn't. Yeah. You know, so we just tweaked it. And I was so busy doing that that I did not even think to look. Oh, there's mm-hmm. a Thursday. Well, I knew there was a Thursday night game, obviously. But I did not realize yeah. I had two Tampa Bay and players. And for anybody mad at me for auto drafting, Look, she's sorry. I'm uh, I am and I'm not because look, (laughs) something came up. I was asked out to dinner with some friends and that doesn't happen very often. Not like don't feel bad for me. Like that just it it just is a thing. So I'm like, yeah, I'm going to jump at the I'm going to jump at this and go out and have a have a nice time. And I completely forgot it was the same night as the draft. So I'm like, well, all right, I'm going to pick Tom Brady and then uh, auto. um, And and for the full disclosure, she did make it further than Tony Kornheiser did in the game, but she did not see the end of the game. That's all I'm going to say. I was very tired. You did catch the beginning. and oh, wa- I watched almost the whole thing all yeah. the way through the fourth quarter, except I missed like the last. You missed like the last two minutes. The last minutes. two minutes. Yeah. Eh, minute but, and a half. Well, but that's like 10 minutes of football. So that's yeah. well, whatever. Anyway. All right, Roxy, let's get out of here. Great guest today. Yes. Uh, rhymes with taffy. Ooh. All right, Littles, we'll be right back with Meet the Littles. Hey, Sully gets to do one of these, so I want to, too. This is Garrett Schumann in Ypsilanti, Michigan, and you're listening to the Loyal Littles Podcast on the WTFC Podcast Network. If you love your father, go and tell him so. The years just passing by and you're getting old. It doesn't matter what he said to you. It doesn't matter what you do He's your father Perhaps he's loving you We are being played in this episode by guitarist Arez Gross And this song is called Love is Everything And he simply puts This song is dedicated to all the sons, daughters, fathers, and mothers in the world And if you like what you hear The best way to find Arez is on his YouTube channel So just head on over to YouTube And search Arez Gross That is E-R-E-Z-G-R-O-S-S And as always, we'll play the full song Love is Everything at the end of the podcast Don't say tomorrow it will never come Day after day and the sun goes down Nothing really happened until it's done Don't waste your time, just let it All right, all you loyal littles, it's now time to meet the littles, and we have a great one for you today. Please welcome to the podcast, Betsy Jaffe. Hey, Betsy, how's it going? 
Great. Hi, everyone. Oh, this is so much fun. I'm so glad we finally got you on the podcast. Thanks uh, so much. Yeah, oh, it's our pleasure. And now we, we just found out that you're you're a fan. So you've heard mm-hmm. some of the episodes. You know the how we do it here. So why don't we just turn it right over to you. Introduce yourself to all the loyal littles out there. Tell us anything you think they might want to know about Betsy. Well, I'm Betsy Jaffe. I've been listening to Tony Kornheiser since probably the early 2000s, but I've been a longtime fan of his Washington Post column. And I'm originally from New York City and Long Island, but I now live outside of Washington, D.C. and have lived there my whole professional career. So I used to live down the street from where Chatter was and all the places that we hear on the podcast all the time. I've been to. The refugee Safeway used to be my Safeway. So um, that's one of the things I find fun about the show. Now, by any chance, you said Long Island. Were you anywhere near where Tony grew up? Yeah, um, I grew up about 20 minutes away and wow. from where Tony grew up in Plainview, Long Island, which is right in the middle of the island. So mm-hmm. we don't have any water views or anything. We're part of a bigger town called the town of Oyster Bay. And I grew up right near where Billy Joel is from. So in the town next to us is Hicks Film, which is slightly bigger. Uh And so members of his band were from Plainview, but we mostly dwelled in obscurity in Plainview. (laughs) Not too many famous people from there, but nonetheless, um, it was a nice place to grow up. Oh, nice. Now, how long were you in New York? And you grew up there, you said, but like, did you go away for school or anything like that? Yeah, I went to college at the American University in Washington, D.C., Oh, okay. and then I stayed in Washington for grad school, and I never went back to New York to live, that is. Right. Um, yeah. I still have family there, and ironically, my daughter, who's 19, wants to settle in New York, but I had never planned on staying in New York. I always wanted to move to Washington and mm. work in public affairs, and that's exactly what how my career went, so... I love visiting, though, and I love going to the theater in New York. Yeah, I was going to say, we did some what we call lurking. Now, unfortunately, full disclosure, I mean, well, let's just put it out there. So this is the first time we're actually doing an interview on a cell phone. Yeah. Actually. So we're trying this out. Hopefully it's good. Now, the bad part is all my lurking notes are on my cell phone. (laughs) And I'm afraid to access those because I'm afraid I'm going to hang up on you and I don't want to have to reset the board to zero. So (laughs) we're just going to go with what... Now, I do remember you had some stuff about the theater. Now, did you grow up going to see the theater and stuff, the Broadway shows and stuff like that? Yes, absolutely. So those are some of my best memories of growing up in New York is going to the theater My grandparents were very big supporters of the arts, and they actually subscribed to the opera at Lincoln Center. And my aunt and uncle were big supporters of the New York City Ballet. Mm -hmm. And so we would sometimes be able to tag along with them to any of those productions. But we really did love Broadway. And so... When you live in New York and in the suburbs, usually your school will go to Broadway a couple of times for field trips. Uh That's how I got to see Evita and um, a few other shows. But Starring a Long Island girl. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) So it was really great. But I also went to performing arts camp. And so we performed shows that were on Broadway. And I actually ended up meeting a lot of people who eventually became big stars in their own right on Broadway and in music. And that was some of the best experience of my life. It was a day camp mm-hmm. called You Stand Camp for the Performing Arts. Okay. And I actually went to camp with Idina Menzel. Wow. Who's that? And, Do we know? And, <laughs> and I performed in a production with Mariah Carey and Debbie Gibson. Oh, my God. Wow. Okay. <laughs> wow. All right. So, But I was just in the back. <laughs> Hey, that's okay. You're on that stage. Here it is. The uh, very the lead. It, it didn't take that long though. This time, no. It in, didn't. in her defense, she yeah. she got it out there within the first five minutes. So <laughs> that's good. We're still going to call this the bury the lead moment because more importantly, littles, this was not on the form. So that's all I'm going to say. Um, did you know then no. that they were going to be superstars? Um, you know, they were really, really good. Mm-hmm. Uh, they were much better than everybody else. But that being said. I'll go first with Adina Menzel. I never saw her perform. She was on the bus with me and she was in, I think, drama productions. And I just never performed with her and never saw her. But she did sing on the bus and she had a beautiful voice even back then. And Mariah Carey was amazing Mm -hmm. as a young child. I I would say I knew her when she was 11 
or 12. And she was in a production of Fiddler on the Roof that I was in. And she played Seidel. Mm-hmm. And Debbie Gibson played the mother. Wow. You, you mean Deborah Gibson. Right. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Just but then yeah. she was Debbie. Then she was and Debbie. She was then she was Deborah again. And this is before she became a pop star, but right before. Uh-huh. Like by the next summer, she was on like the pop charts, but she wasn't well known beyond. I mean, people on Long Island definitely knew who she was. Sure. She did local productions and stuff. But I remember my grandmother coming to the production and saying, you know, how great it was. But she was very upset because she thought that Mariah Carey would never be given her due because she was of mixed race. Ah. And my grandmother was very active in the civil rights movement Mm -hmm. and was just really taken aback and really upset by this. So Mm. I was really glad that my grandmother lived to see Mariah Carey actually become a star in her own right and to see that that did not hold her back. That was a great thing. That's so wonderful. I certainly wasn't friends with any of these people. I was just (laughs) in the show. And you're like, I should have been, but I was <laughs> but it was really an amazing place to see people kind of come into their own. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's so awesome. Well, I actually have a update for you if you'd like one, because I was fortunate enough to do a show with Deborah as well uh, later Good. in life. Yeah, she played Cinderella on the tour of Cinderella with Eartha Kitt and Pablo and uh, what's his last name? Oh. He was in the movie. Pablo Malo something. <sighs> because with an M. Anyway, yep. and she was sweetheart. She was a real sweetheart. The funny thing is she had all these cats in her dressing room. Cats? She, yes, she would. <laughs> there'd be these these cats that would roam around by the stage door and she'd bring them in to feed them because they were like strays. And oh she was like, she wanted, and then I guess she would give them to the local Humane Society, I guess, oh, or wow. something, you know, but she wouldn't want them just staying outside, you know, lurking around for food. So, um, That's wonderful. and she was really sweet. She was yeah. really nice. Yeah. So there's your update on Debbie. And, uh, <laughs> Well, you know, don't have one on Mariah, unfortunately, for you. Productions. I think I saw her in Greece when uh-huh. she did Greece on Broadway. Yep. Mm-hmm. She yep. did a wonderful job. But all of these people, they were very down to earth and they were not diva ish at all, mm-hmm. even though they were clearly quite better than the average performer right. in the shows. And then, you know, it was really great because even though we got to be in these shows, we did other things as well. And so I played the flute. And so. I got to study with a professor from Yale who taught there and learned so much more than I was able to just in school. Now, is, um, is this camp still there? Do you know? Yes, it is. Oh, wow. It's a day camp. And it's interesting because when I went there, the head of it had previously been the head of Bronx House, mm. which was a famous musical school in New York City for kids in the Bronx. That's okay. where they would go and take their music lessons. My mother actually studied the violin under the person who ended up running the camp. His name was Andrew McKinley. He has since passed away. But for a long time, it was run by the same group of people. And it's kids come from Connecticut to go there, New Jersey, and it's just a day camp. Mm-hmm. Now, I have a daughter who went to a different performing arts camp in New York, but it was a sleepaway camp, and it's much better known. It's called French Woods. Yeah, French Woods. Sure. Yep. And my daughter went to French Woods for eight years and has also worked there. And my daughter is much more talented than I ever was. <laughs> now, and, is this the one that wants to yeah, move to New York? Exactly, oh, yeah, exactly. Okay. She has studied musical theater for many years and opera. And although she started out studying dance mm-hmm. on ballet, and after she had a really bad injury, ended up segueing over to music and acting, and so she's in college now at um, Virginia Tech studying theater with a performance concentration, and then she also has another major as well. So when she was at Frenchwoods, I got to go and see her in many productions, and she would be in four productions a summer. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It was much more intense, but it was really a lot of fun going there, and I got to meet some of the famous parents Mm -hmm. there such as my daughter was in a few productions with ben stiller's daughter Uh nice Um, and so him and his ex-wife christine always came to the shows and were really great of course all the kids little kids wanted to meet him because of night in the museum (laughs) right yeah (laughs) (laughs) but he really tried to make it more about his daughter then my daughter bunked with john apatow's daughter who's on an hbo show Uh Her name is Iris. And then I got to meet Deborah Messing mm-hmm. and Alicia Keys. Wow. Both of them had sons who went there. So it was just kind of fun. Sure. You know, seeing them trying to be incognito. Sure. I'm a New Yorker, the... so I don't go up to people. Uh-huh. Um, right. But... Well, that's great, that though. That is so cool. Yeah, but can we get back to, you saw Patty in Evita? <laughs> Sorry, I yeah, had to come back did. to that. 
Yes, I did. Wow. How was that? That must have been amazing. It was amazing. And, yeah. and she's just one of my favorites. Mm-hmm. And sure. I just love her and everything that she does. She just brings her own special light to it. Yeah. But sure. when I went, I didn't know that much about her other than that she was going to be really great in the show. She, she's but, a local girl. You know, yeah. Yeah. But since then, you know, I've, I've gotten to see recordings of her and Gypsy and some other mm-hmm. things. I've never seen her on Broadway since, uh, unfortunately. Did you see Gypsy? We saw I, it together, right? I didn't see her gypsy. Oh. I saw Bernadette Peters. Yeah. I actually auditioned for Oof. that production and it was my first Broadway show that I ever auditioned for. I, I think I was like 11 or 12 and obviously I botched it. So I wasn't in the show. But, I hated everyone um, hated on Bernadette. I know. I, loved I saw it, it twice in one week. I loved I it. I thought it was great. Yeah. I thought and, she did great. I didn't get to see Patty. Uh, wanted to, but didn't get to get a chance. The to. only thing I didn't like about the Patty version was that I guess because they spent so much money getting her, <laughs> there was no money left for like the set. There was no set. Aww. It was like this concert version right, kind right. of thing, but on Broadway, which was weird. Yeah, because they didn't advertise it that way. Right. But Usually obviously, they do it was like fantastic. Concert esque performances of Broadway shows at City Center. Yeah. Right. Right. Or you know. Lincoln Center, those right, kind of places, right. you know, where they do those. And it was, and uh, you know, she was great, obviously. Of course. But, you know, but I would yeah. give him, I'm not saying I'd give my left arm because I'm a drummer now, but <laughs> to, to see her do Evita, because I've yeah. seen some clips here and there and she, she was so young and I did get to meet her once at a book signing because, you know, her, have you read her book by any chance? I, you know, have it, but I haven't gotten to oh, it yet. So good. Yeah. Yeah. I love I'll all those. Turn my attention to that. Yeah, mm-hmm. I love all those autobiographies of mm-hmm. you know people in the business, you know, especially because I'm so close. So, well, when your daughter gets up here and becomes a star, you're gonna have to like <laughs> throw you know, her a party. Yeah, and... we'll have to at least meet her. <laughs> yeah, you know, she'll have to come to a summer of littles or something. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> something like that. Yeah, like, like, she's more of a tiny and probably a tiniest of tinies. Sure. You know, yeah, she'll put course. up with me talking about the show from time to time. Right. But I tried to explain to her with. Greg Garcia and his show, which actually started, I think, debuted it at the Kennedy Center first, that Jimmy Buffett show. Yeah, yeah. And she was like, please don't talk to me about that show. <laughs> not, <laughs> not, not the show itself, but about the Tony Corners. <laughs> oh, I see. Well, because, I mean, no, she's not wrong. I mean, I'm sorry. We saw it. Oh, Margarita. You know, we saw it yeah. on Broadway. And even Tony. Tony was like, Tony, you know, it's of course. It's not going to change your life. He, yeah, exactly. It's He's not like, one it of is those what it shows. is. Yeah. It's, it's exactly, I think, what he said. It's yeah. not going to change your life, but yeah. it's a fun show. Yeah. And, you know. No, I mean, I, she wasn't commenting on the show. Itself. Oh, okay. Right, right, she right. Was more, she was more commenting on the fact that she's not going to get her musical theater advice from, from Tony Corner. <laughs> Smart girl. Well, smart, but he knows smart, his smart. stuff. You know, he's he's. That's the one thing he I love does. about Tony is how he how much he supports mm-hmm. the theater and mm-hmm. Broadway in general. So anyway, so real quick now, I know you you said you mentioned you started reading Tony first. Is that where you got introduced to him? And then how did you become a little and all that stuff? I read Tony's Com for many years in the Washington Post. I'm very into the news. I'm very into current events. And I grew up reading Newsday. But I don't really remember him specifically being there, even though I know he wrote for them and for the New York Times. But Mm. when I moved to Washington, I read the paper cover to cover every day, and I just really enjoyed his columns. I just thought he was a great writer, and I enjoyed his style columns as well. But being a sports fan, and then it wasn't as easy to catch games if you were in other parts of the country so, like, I'm a big Mets fan, so mm-hmm. I went to try to follow the Mets while being in Washington. So I'd be in the sports section. Plus, I mentioned that I went to American University. I started there right after David Aldridge left. And so oh. I liked reading his column as well. Sure. And Michael Wilbon when he joined the Post, etc. So that's kind of how I got into him at first. Then... Over time, a few things happen. One is Crystal Lizzo used to write for the Washington Post. She was, you know, a regular on the show. And he used to do a weekly chat with readers when he was at the Post. Mm. And when I was reading the chats, there were all these references to pumpkin spice lattes and all these (laughs) other things. And occasionally it would get mentioned that when you're on that radio show. So what's that about? Right. so that was always on my mind. And then eventually I found out it was Tony Kornheiser's radio show. And I'm like, oh, I would probably enjoy that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I had a really super long commute at the time. And so I tried out the show and I really liked it. Then I stopped having a commute. And so I stopped listening. Mm-hmm. Well, eventually 
Tony Show got moved to a new station. And that was a spinoff of the WCBS equivalent in the D.C. market. And it was supposed to be like NPR, but commercial. And it was supposed to be like longer form interviews, etc. Mm-hmm. And that station was called Washington Post Radio. And the Washington Post would use their talent on it. So mm-hmm. the morning show ended up getting replaced there. And it was replaced with Tony Kornheiser's show. And so all of a sudden, I was reintroduced to it, and I just loved it, you know. Yeah. It, was just, it made the time go so fast, and mm-hmm. it was so funny, and it was a slightly different set of characters that are on today. Mm-hmm. But the other thing that was funny was I would watch American Idol, and I just used to like him talk about it. Just uh-huh. Not that I really cared so much about who's going to win or anything, but I just liked how irritated he would get yes. by <laughs> some selections and things. And yeah. so that really carried me through. Mm-hmm. But then I left my job and I started a consulting business. So I had a little bit more time and I thought, you know what, I should get more into podcasts. I wonder what's out there. <laughs> and and I'm like, oh, I wonder whatever happened to Tony Kornheiser. So I Googled him and found out that he was getting ready to start a podcast in a few weeks. Oh, nice. Perfect. So, so I've been with the podcast from the beginning, from nice. the undisclosed location days. Yep. And really liked him. And of course, loved that Jeannie was part of it because I'm a really avid cook and she used to be the editor of the food section of the Washington Post. Yep. And I have a lot of good memories of her writings, etc. So oh, that's, that's kind of how I became. It's really interesting to hear how like, people discover the podcast because I had one of those situations where it was like a a search by accident sort of thing. And it's just amazing how we all just stumble upon it. Now, we haven't even touched upon your littleism yet. Is that what we're calling littleism? Littledom? That's a chuckism. It's a new chuckism. (laughs) All right, all you loyal littles, we'll be right back with Meet the Littles. Hi, I'm Don from Biloxi, Mississippi. You're listening to the Loyal Littles Podcast from the WTFC Podcast Network. Welcome back to the Loyal Littles Podcast. And we are lucky enough to be sitting here with Betsy Jaffe. And I love that you even wrote on your form, it rhymes with taffy <laughs> to make our job. <laughs> that, that was Chuck Proof. That's yeah. what we're calling it. Yeah. Yep. So I couldn't mispronounce your name. And so we were just finishing up how you got into Tony, but we didn't touch upon your a new Chuckism, Littleism, uh, <laughs> how you became a little all that stuff. So why don't you quickly go into that? So I guess for a while in my mind, I was a little, but I didn't know any of the other littles in mm-hmm. real life and never read in, into anybody in the wild. And then I noticed that a friend of mine on Facebook, a real in-person friend of mine for a long time was a member of one of the little groups on Facebook. And Mm. I didn't realize that he even listened to Tony Kornheiser by knowing this person for more, well over 20 years. Oh, wow. Okay. Pretty well. Yeah. So I kind of put that out of my mind, but I did join that Facebook group. And then one day in the chatter era, there was a episode of the podcast that I was listening to. And Tony had mentioned that, there was a question from somebody at Chatter, and it was my friend's name. And so I was like, you're at Chatter today? It's like Monday, like <laughs> in the middle of a work day. Right. And he said, oh, it was his birthday, and his younger daughter, who was a college student, decided to take him out to Chatter before she went back to school. And so that's the first time I really thought about, oh, you know, I guess I could go to Chatter. And I think Chatter opening is what really made me more of a regular little Mm -hmm. because it's not that I went that often. I didn't. I do live on the opposite side of the metropolitan area Mm -hmm. from where Chatter was located. And so, and it also, even though I worked downtown, it was probably 45 minutes away from my job. And then traffic and all that. yeah. Yeah, with traffic and everything. So I only really went a couple of times, but I was there for the first NCAA tournament. Oh, selection show. Yeah, right. The selection show, I was there and I actually ran into David Aldridge. So that was my David Aldridge moment. Ah, (laughs) Littles, that was on the form. So how was that? So that was really great to kind of meet some of the bigs and to see some of the littles in person. Like you started recognizing people who you'd only seen on Facebook or whatever. Your Facebook. Right. Right. And so I ran into Bobby Gottfried and I ran into Michael. 
I saw Jeannie, like there are mm-hmm. a lot of people there and it was really crowded and it was really great to see chatter really that crowded. And then after that, I would go back from time to time on my birthday. I usually went for breakfast before mm-hmm. going to work. Three day weekends were always a good time yeah. to stop by the show and it was usually pretty busy with littles. And then finally, I got us the courage to go to my first Jingle Fest oh, nice. a few years ago and it was being held pretty close to where I live. And so it was really fun to me to, I love the jingles. They really brighten my day. They make me laugh. It's one mm-hmm. of the reasons why I've stayed with the show as long as I have. And so it was really neat to kind of meet all the littles who were kind of the big performers. Yeah, like sure. Joe Arrow and KJ and Jerry Negrelli who put the whole thing together right. and everybody else, Robert Berg, et cetera. And, and I know I've missed some people and I apologize. Yeah. I like seeing everybody. There's the Lipton's, um, the Fitzpatrick's. Really the... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Every, everybody is beloved. Yeah. So I, it was really fun to go and see it in person. And then also when I was getting ready to go in, somebody was in the parking lot and they went up to me and they said, oh, who's playing Jam and Jam tonight? <laughs> and I'm like, it's kind of a complicated thing. <laughs> And I start to explain it, and I'm like, look, I said, if you're not really a fan of the show, I doubt this is going to be for you. You know, mm-hmm. you might want to move to a different bar. But he, different state. he said he never said he said he never laughed so loud. He didn't know any of the inside jokes or anything. Wow. But it was just funny to be with this group and to see, you know, how much people really appreciate each other. And since then, I've been to another couple of Jingle Fests. I was supposed to miss the one that got canceled in Nashville Mm -hmm. um, because my daughter was graduating from high school that day. So I couldn't go. And then I've been to some of the pre facility, you know, there's usually some like pre festivities around that Steve Lipton puts together. And so I've been to a few of those and it's just really fun to kind of really get to sit down and get to know the littles one-on-one more. Sure. And then over time I've found out that other people I've known in real life are littles, but it's, not a big group by any means yeah it's a rarity now go back to this guy though that you met randomly in the parking lot now do you know is he a little now or by any chance he said he was going to start listening to the show because because he liked what people had to say there but yeah i don't know yeah Um, i mean that could be your claim to fame that you created this little essentially you know i mean you sold it he came Uh in he loved it yep boom done wow that's great yeah it's really it was really a lot of fun to see and it was just a fun night, and it goes to show you, Tony doesn't have to be there for it to be fun. Right. right? As much as people would love to see him. And, oh, of course, yeah. Um, we know that that isn't his scene. I certainly understand that he doesn't necessarily want to be at all the events. and everything. Oh, of course. Sure. Other things that he has on his schedule. But it's fun to see the people associated with the show no matter what. So this year, unfortunately, I missed the summer of Littles, which uh. makes me feel very sad because it just happened to rain the day, the summer of Littles in the Washington metro area. And it was just starting to rain just as I was about to leave mm. on the hour and a half long journey to get mm. to the place. And it was yeah. supposed to be outside. So I was just afraid it would get canceled. Oh, um, right. Yeah, right. But I do regret missing that. They put a lot of effort into putting together all these events. And I think it's great that people who can't travel to Washington can still have their own local little event. Yeah. Oh, it was so much fun. Mm-hmm. It was our first one up here in the city, and it was great. We had a blast and got to meet a lot of new people. Yep. And it's it's amazing. Shout out to Bob Walsh, obviously, for putting that all together. Yeah. And yeah. It's, it's so great that... Tony kind of created this group, but then this group has now taken on a life of its own. And like you said, it's so great that we are able to get together and do all of these fun events and it it revolves around him, but yet he doesn't necessarily need to be there for it to be a good time. It must be fun for him just to sit at his house or one of his houses and just just know that this is what he created. Yeah. Because for the years I was saying that I was like, you know what? I just hope he realizes what he has created because yeah. I didn't think he did. And now, now that I've, we've talked to more littles over the last year or so and I know almost a year. Yeah. It's almost a year just to hear the stories and stuff. I do believe. And, and I, I, it has been confirmed that mm-hmm. he does, he knows, and I'm sure he's very proud of that. Yeah. So now let's get back to you though, real quick. Now you sort of dropped this in the first part of your interview and I was going to come to it, but it's interesting now. So you said that you're a Mets fan. Yes. Now what's that like being down there for all these years? Because <laughs> I was wondering that. So does all your fandom lie with New York? It's funny you should mention that because I would say it's complicated. That's oh, okay. 
I'm I'm um, a very complicated fan. Trust me. It's complicated. I'm from New York and I root for Boston. It can't get more complicated than that. So, no. Okay. Go ahead. So for baseball, I'm definitely a Mets fan. I have been my whole life. When I was a little girl, I wanted to marry Tom Seaver. <laughs> I still have my front page and back page of Newsday from when they won the 1986 World Series. Okay, let's get off of that. Let's not talk about that. Yeah, no, we won't kidding. talk about that. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just, I'm just kidding. I, I used to have a whole display I would put out for my kids in Boston on that. But then I also have Tom Seaver's, like the front and back cover of Newsday from when he got his 300th win, wow. when he was with the White Sox, but he did it at Yankee Stadium. Yeah. So I still have that. And I have a baseball autograph by all the 69 Mets and oh, also wow. Willie Mays, who's my personal hero, who I love. So I'm very connected to the Mets. That mm. being said, I couldn't have been more excited about Washington, D.C. getting a franchise. And the fact that it was a National League franchise, I'm a National League fan. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't like the designated hitter. I grew up an NLE fan. And so I'm thrilled that Washington came here. I get excited when Washington wins, even though I'm a Mets fan, because the whole town is in a better mood. Yeah. <laughs> and I love what Washington Nationals have done for this city. Yeah. It's amazing. Yeah. Now, I also grew up a lifelong Islanders fan. And mm. when I was growing up, the Islanders won four Stanley Cups in a row. Sure. And they used to practice right outside of my hometown in Hicksville at a place called Cantiog Park. And I would go and look at them. I babysat for some of the Islanders' kids. It's a long time with them. Now, in my family, whether or not you were a Rangers fan or an Islanders fan was generational. So, Mm. whereas my whole family are all Mets fans because they were heritage New York Giants fans. Sure. My father was a Ranger fan, like that generation and above were not Islanders fans. Mm -hmm. And so it was a house divided for sure. (laughs) When when I moved down to Washington, I hated the Capitals and they were just a very showy, bombastic team. And I was an Islanders fan, so I really didn't like them. That being said, a couple of years ago, the Islanders decided to leave Long Island and move to Brooklyn. Mm. And around the same time, I was having a lot of fun going to Cats games just because I really like watching hockey. Sure. Mm -hmm. And I thought that I should switch my allegiance so that I would at least have one Washington team to root for because it's kind of strange never rooting for the home team. Yeah. And I liked the members of the Capitals then and they were just kind of lovable. And so I switched. But what I found is when I would watch them play each other, I'd accidentally start rooting for the wrong team. (laughs) My brain just couldn't really absorb. It's hard. Yeah. But. I was really excited when the Capitals won the Stanley Cup. Sure. And I was actually in Las Vegas when it happened. I was on a business trip. And they came through the lobby with the Stanley Cup with the hotel wow. I was at. And it was really fun to see that and to see them so excited. So oh, wow. you know, that was a great moment. But that being said, I would say that I was never able to make the transition. Mm. Right. Mm-hmm. And so I'm really more of an I understand as much as I tried. But. I don't wish the Capitals ill at all. Sure, sure. And I'm very upset with what's happened at the Nationals with Mm. the dismantling of the team, even though it's not technically my team. Yeah. I still, I feel bad about it. And I do like hearing Tony and Michael and the rest of the crew (laughs) talk about it, rant about it, et cetera. But it's it's great because it reminds, he reminds me of me because he still has the love and I will always watch the Red Sox till the last day of the season no matter how bad they are, no matter how much they dismantle the team, no matter how many Mookies they trade away mm-hmm. or whatever. And Tony's the same way. You know, he's like, it's, although he calls it like a sickness, he's like, just can't turn it off. It's like, you're a baseball fan. I don't leave games early and I don't turn on my team. Hmm. Like, I'm not happy with everything that's going on with the Mets right now. Sure. Yeah. But I'm still very much a Mets fan. Yeah. So. Well, this is great. So we pride ourselves on our fun, dumb questions, if that's okay. That's fine. All right. All right, Roxy, what do we got? I'm going to try to keep it light. Light and fluffy and fun and not go so deep. (laughs) Yep. What would you do if you were invisible for a day? Ooh. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah, I like that Um, one. Yeah, I think I would probably try to listen in on Congress. Ooh. (laughs) We're not allowed usually. Yeah, right. That's a good one. That is a good one. All right. Well, since you're such a big sports fan, here's one we haven't done in a long time. And uh, this is hilarious, Roxy, because it's kind of a deep question Mm -hmm. now that I think about it. But would you rather be the best player on a team that always loses or the worst player on a team that always wins? 
I'm going to say the worst player on a team that always wins. Yeah. And I'm taking that out of a page from my daughter who always said when it came to productions Mm -hmm. that she would rather be in the back row of a really great production Uh than the star of something that was really bad. Yeah. Yeah. I can relate to that. Definitely. (laughs) Definitely. (laughs) Sure. All right. So imagine we can travel anywhere we want right now. If you could travel anywhere in the world, where would it be? Um, I would love to go to New Zealand. Mm. I haven't mm. been there and I've traveled a lot of the world and that's a place I really want to go. Yeah. And I would probably try to connect with my fellow New Zealand littles while I was there. Yeah, yeah of definitely. That would be fun. All right. And what's a special hidden talent that you have that no one else knows about? I could do a really good imitation of Nelson from The Simpsons. We're waiting. Care to share? <laughs> <laughs> thank you for that all right what do you got all right what personal trait has gotten you in the most trouble probably perfectionism Mm. Mm -hmm. i i I understand that completely (laughs) i can make even the most fun thing very painful so (laughs) one of my favorite things to do is to do the spelling bee game in the new york times mm-hmm. but now it's like if i don't get queen b and find every answer i can't rest i have to keep going back <laughs> <Nice>. to it <laughs> excellent all right this might be a first time name a product or service that you love so much that you'd happily be the company's spokesperson that is a good one i would have to say apple i'm a really big fan of my mac of my mm-hmm. ipad of my iPhone. If I may say, that would be a very good spokesperson to be. Yeah. Because I'm sure yeah. they, they pay very well, I'm right. sure. Right. <laughs> Maybe some free things. That doesn't hurt. Yeah, right. <laughs> right. You got one more? Okay. I'm going to take a page from Chuck. Uh-oh. And this question, if you were the host of Saturday Night Live, who would you introduce as your musical guest? That is a really hard question for me. <laughs> I really love music. Uh-huh. Um, most of the bands I listen to, there are people missing from. There are people no longer with us. Right. right. So I would have to say anything with Dave Grohl. Wow. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. He's come up a few times in the mm-hmm. last couple episodes. Interesting. Yep. Otherwise, I would say Moon Five. Because, oh, yeah. Oh, that's They're a good fun. one, too. Because Adam Levine went to the camp my daughter went to, and they renamed like the Music Pavilion after him. Oh, and nice. I've never seen them in concert, whereas I've seen... Yeah. Most of my favorite actors. Yeah, yeah. Well, that would be that would be fun to have and, them. And then real quick, what's your favorite movie quote? Leave the gun, take the cannoli. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Perfect. Thank you so much for coming on the Loyal Littles podcast. We really appreciate this. Is there anything we can plug for you or how can we get in touch with you? You can probably get in touch with me through Facebook if you're interested at Betsy Oilman Jaffe. You can find me on Instagram at jaffe.betsy. And otherwise, you could probably see me at the next Jingle Fest or somewhere of Littles in the Washington area. Amazing. Sounds great. All right. And as an homage to the big show, we'll get you out of here on this. Over or under? Over. Oh, Okay. I tried under thinking that it would be better for my dog not getting into the toilet paper, but Mm -hmm. I find I just like the aesthetics of the over better. Gotcha. Okay. (laughs) We're a big fan too. I am. Not so much. (laughs) As long as it's there. As long as it's there. (laughs) I I agree with you. (laughs) All right. Well, Betsy, thanks again for coming on and taking the time. We really appreciate it. Thank you both. It was so fun meeting you. Oh, you too. All right. All you loyal listeners will be right back. This is Joe Magnum from Pittsburgh, and you're listening to the Loyal Littles Podcast on the WTFC Podcast Network. Welcome back to the Loyal Littles Podcast, and Friday Five, Friday Five, oh, Friday, Friday Five, Friday Five. That's all you're getting this week. We obviously went a little long in the first segment because we had so much to get to, so many emails, so many announcements, so many prizes to give out, things like that. Let's go to the Friday Five. All right. Thanks to Lee Gordon, we've got number one. Do you find either of these things annoying? And if so, which annoys you more? Chessie barking or Tony yelling at Chessie to keep quiet? Okay. I'm conflicted with this because 
It doesn't annoy me. Well, all right, the barking kind of annoys me, but I love Tony yelling. I mean, it's just hilarious yeah. to like him out of nowhere, just have him go. So without one, you can't have the other. Right. So I, I have to put up with the annoying dog barking. I mean, it doesn't, I don't hate, it doesn't bother me now. I shouldn't even say that, but I love it because then we get to hear Tony just like, shut up. Yeah. You know? like, <laughs> it's great. Bonus question. Uh-huh. How do you react when you hear copper barking? Oh, well, I have to be honest, because we kind of went through some hard times with copper, it kind of now makes me go, oh, you know, because uh, he had some, you know, operations he had Aww. done and stuff like that. He had some, yeah. So, so when he, we heard it again, it, I, so I don't remember way back when, if it, I don't think it bothered me. I think it was yeah. cute because it always just came in at the very end. Mm. It was kind of like, bye everyone. Aww. Yeah. He just always barks at the very copper. end. Yeah. It was great. Such a cute so, name No, no. Too. Yeah. It doesn't bother me. Okay. All right, Roxy, what's number two? Number two, it's football season again. Do you sing along with Reginald the Monkey's theme song? Um... Not really. Yeah, I mean, I, I, you, you probably heard it in the background at some point. Well, this is what makes me still a tiny. Yeah, that's okay. So I, not really. I'd say no, not really. I, I normally just listen. I mean, occasionally, sometimes I'll. Does it ever pop in your head? No. Yes. Yeah, but he said while while it's playing, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Do you sing along? Right. All right, and then there's the bonus bonus question. question: Do Michael and Tony singing along out of sync add to or detract? from your enjoyment. Garrett, back me up on this. Drives me effing crazy. <laughs> okay, because I'm a drummer, first of all, and it's not in time. It's not, it's not, well, it's a delay. That's the problem. And yeah. I don't understand. I should, this is the one thing I should have, I, if, you could, if you could go back, you know how they say, what would you, I would ask Sean about this at Summer of Littles 3.1 because mm-hmm. he was there. I just want to make sure everyone remembers that. Sean was at our Summer of Littles 3.1. Yeah, I would have loved to ask because I don't understand about the delay or why they can't fix it afterwards. I get now people think it's funny and it just drives me crazy. Yeah. It drives me crazy. Yeah. Anyway. All right. So let's move on to number three. Yeah. Toilet paper predictions have been covered. So... We don't need to know if you are an over and under, but the question is, when you are a guest in someone else's home, do you have the shaputzvah to change the orientation of the role to suit your preference? No. Yeah, I don't either. <laughs> no. Your mom would kill me if I ever did that, I think. <laughs> uh, bonus question. If you answered in the affirmative, what other asshole things are you guilty of? So even though I, I know, did I not answer in the affirmative, I, I'm sure there are asshole things that I do. Oh, I don't know. Like oh, maybe. Ice not trays. Not fill, fill the, the ice, ice trays. trays. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Okay. <laughs> Number four. We can't really, I guess we could kind of answer this, but we're honored, first of all. I Lee. know. I woke up, I saw this, and I'm like, oh my gosh, we're famous. <laughs> all right. I wouldn't go that far. <laughs> um, but yeah, so it's, do you want to go to a ball game with me or a dance recital with Roxy? Okay. Well, first of all, I have to say, if worded this way, I would definitely choose the ball game with Chuck because dance recitals are super boring. <laughs> I remember growing up, my grandpa would always say, he'd always complain about the fact that there were so many more ballet numbers than tap numbers. And yeah. all he wanted was the fun, snappy tap numbers. And he would sit there with his cane, banging it on the floor, like loved it. <laughs> so I would change that to the ballet, New York City Ballet, yeah. whatever. Or well, the other or, part, the question didn't also say, are you performing or are you watching it with them? I would say either way. Yeah. Um, okay. Depends on the show. Yeah. But Lee, that was really sweet. That was so sweet. I I fear for all the littles right now, they're like, who the hell is Chuck and Roxy? I haven't gone on the board yet to see any of these answers because we usually don't like to, I don't like to look at them before we do the Friday Five here. So I'll have to go check those out. But I'm sure there's quite a few that are like, who the hell are Chuck and Roxy? (laughs) But, you know, we're getting there. So now we move on to number five. And this one we kind of already did, Roxy, in the Mm -hmm. first part. Uh, because we wanted to acknowledge 9-11, and he goes into, now that the fun, dumb questions are over, now the elephant in the room this week marks a significant anniversary of a major event in world history. Uh, He didn't want to make the whole Friday Five about it, but he just says, you know, where were you that day and what were you doing? So we're going to answer the bonus question. Yeah. Roxy, what's Mm -hmm. that? So the bonus question is, for most of the USA, the sky that day was a nearly perfect bright blue with low humidity. When you experience a similarly ideal weather day in late September, in late summer or early fall, but not necessarily on the 11th, does it evoke memories of that day? Absolutely. I remember as a kid thinking, if it had only rained that day, if it had stormed that day, the plans would have been ruined and this wouldn't have happened. Maybe. You know, I mean, as a kid, you think that, but you know, it could have been another day. But yeah, I just, it was very, it was really hard, especially when September 11th would roll around in the following years and it would be a beautiful day. You know, I almost hated it. Especially this year being 20 years. I mean, it's crazy. I know. I think that 20 years ago. Yeah. Talk about feeling old. And some of the stories that came out after 
just uh, heartbreaking. And then even the ones where the people that were, I mean, if you haven't heard this story about Seth MacFarlane, he's the creator of mm-hmm. Family Guy mm-hmm. and uh, those bear movies. What are those? Is it just Ted? I think it's called Ted. Mm-hmm. The, you know, he's in those. He, he does a lot. He's a very funny comedian and writer, especially. And he was supposed to be on that Boston flight. And apparently his assistant screwed up the mm-hmm. itinerary and he was getting there. And the woman at the desk said, well, you can probably make this, but you're going to have to run. He's like, what are you talking about? My flight's in three hours. He's like, no, 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 no. She's like, this takes off in like 20 minutes. Oh my gosh. And he actually just thought of, he's like, you know what? He's like, can you just put me on the later flight? And so he was actually up in the, one of the bars or restaurants. When it happened. Went watching it on TV. Oh as my it God. Happened. Yeah. I mean, I just can't even imagine those kind of stories like that. Just yeah. give me chills. And mm-hmm. to think. Yeah. It actually yeah. wasn't until 2019 that I went down to the World Trade Center site. In all the years, I just, I could never bring myself to do it, but we were hosting my cousin that week and she really wanted to go. She wasn't even born yet. So it was actually really an interesting experience that day, sharing my memories with her, answering her questions. And yeah, it was, yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. Well, (laughs) thank you, Lee Gordon, for the Friday Five this week. Some fun and some very emotional to think about. Mm -hmm. So we appreciate those. And then real quick, before we get out of here, we wanted to bring up a few quick little things. First of all, congratulations, Liam Bragg, our 900th follower. Hey. Right? Welcome. Yeah, welcome to the show. And then we also wanted to quick, I'm sure this is going to be on the big show a lot next week, but Dan Byrne. Don't miss Dan Byrne. Dan Byrne's on tour right now. He was here in the city. Unfortunately, my show schedule conflicted and Roxy was away, so we couldn't get to any of those concerts. But go to danburn.com. His whole show schedule is there. And the big thing is next week, Tuesday, I believe it is, he's in Washington, D.C. at the Pearl Street Warehouse. So you don't want to miss that littles down there. Then he's playing New Jersey, St. Louis, Missouri. Uh, he's in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, Madison, Wisconsin in October. So Little's out there. You're not going to want to miss it. Go to danburn.com for all those show dates. And I'm sure the ticket information is there as well. He actually tweeted something about if you say yell the cheesery at the door when you enter, you get, I think, a prize. I think Ooh. it's, I want to say it's like a signed poster, but I don't quote me on that. But anyway, if you do that, we'll get you, we'll at least get you a sticker if you want yeah. from the Loyal Little's podcast. That we can guarantee you. Um, but anyway, just want to make sure you head on over to his website so you can check out all those shows. Don't miss him. It's a good time, I'm sure. Roxy, let's get out of here. Why don't you tell everyone how they can get in touch with us? You can email us at WTFCpodnet at gmail.com. We're also on Twitter at Loyal Littles Pod. We're also on Instagram at The Loyal Littles Podcast. And don't forget about our Facebook page, The Loyal Littles Podcast. And don't forget to head on over to Apple and iTunes and give us a nice rate and review over there. And then also thank you, Betsy Jaffe for coming on as our Meet the Littles guest this episode. And thank you, Garrett Schumann, Don Hammock, and Joe Magnew for our bumpers this week. And Roxy, as we head out here, I did just want to say RIP Lieutenant Mauser. And I know you don't get that. I know a lot of people won't get that. But if you know, you know. Great, great actor. Some really good funny memories. So, And as always, if you're out shopping online tonight, use the code people. If you love your father, go and tell him so. The year's just passing by and you're getting old. It doesn't matter what he said to you, it doesn't matter what you do. He's your father, perhaps he's loving. best he could do just to see you smile when you fell he took care of you sometimes he cried at night he's your father don't let the years go by don't say tomorrow it will never come day after day in the sun goes down Nothing really happened until it's done Don't waste your time, just let it go 
The sky is high, the ground is low And you between them If you love your mother Go and tell her so Years just passing by and she's getting old No matter what she said to you, no matter what you do She's your mother, perhaps she's loving you Don't say tomorrow it will never come The after day and the sun goes down Nothing really happened until it's done Don't waste your time, just let it go The sky is high, the ground is low And you're between them The Loyal Littles Podcast is produced by the WTFC Podcast Network and edited by Louis B. Crocco. And the Loyal Littles Podcast logo is designed and drawn by Eric Lonergan. Leave the gun, take the cannoli. Oh, yeah.